y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. It okay. just like yelled at me and told me the recording in progress in my ear. It has never done that before. <laughs> me too. And I had to hit like an okay button to be so like, strange. yes, I'm okay with this. <laughs> I consent to being recorded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's probably why they did it, but like, what? <laughs> it scared me. I know. All of a sudden I've got this voice in my ear going, recording in progress. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's good to know that you're being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we're recording. <laughs> okay, so today <laughs> we're talking about season seven, episode 16, called Out with the Old. We start out in a dance studio. It's nighttime. Some dancers are preparing to leave after practice. They're packing up their stuff. One dancer says, no, Irina again. I guess she's too famous for us. Another dancer says, no, she just wants to be alone. The girls giggle. The doors open and Irina walks in. The first dancer says, Irina, a little late for practice, no? Irina says, never too late. Practice makes perfect if you have the talent. She's, she <laughs> I know. She smirks and the other dancers leave. Um, yeah, that was the bitchiest thing ever. Okay, but that's like a normal thing. And dance? Yeah. Ooh. Like, I'm better than you. And even if they don't necessarily say it, like some, there's a lot of people that just have an air of like, I'm better than you. And so you're not worth my time. You know, like, I'll do whatever I want, even if it screws up everybody else's thing, because I can and I'm good enough to where I can get away with it. You know, gross. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Irina takes off her street clothes. She has her leotard on underneath. She turns on some music and starts dancing. She does some spins. Suddenly she begins to spin faster, then loses her balance and grabs the bar. She screams as she is flung backwards and begins to spin again. In the hallway, a janitor is mopping the floor. Uh, I'm not sure why I wrote that there, but Oh, here he comes back again. Okay. It wasn't just a random janitor. <laughs> There's a janitor. <laughs> There's a janitor. So Irina spins faster and faster. She screams again and as, as blood splatters the walls. The janitor comes in to investigate and finds Irina dead with bloody stumps instead of feet. The janitor she crosses her feet himself. Off. <laughs> yeah, she did. She spun him right off. <laughs> Irina's ballet shoes are arranged on the floor in pristine condition. And we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to outside along a river. Dean is on the phone with Frank. Dean says, so Dick's funding an archaeological dig? Well, unless Dick's actually digging himself. <laughs> I'm not sure I know what to do with that, Frank. Or the factory in Saudi Arabia or the fishery in Jakarta. None of this is helping, Frank. Frank says, explain how Western to Southeast Asia is not too wide a net. You know, I could be in Tromso right now. Zero Leviathan activity in Tromso. Dean says, where the hell is Tromso? Frank says, Norway, you moron. <laughs> By the way, they opened another Biggison's in Butte. Dean says, yeah, well, we're not in Montana. Frank says, oh, you know where Butte is. That's encouraging. So where are you? Dean says, we're in Oregon. Frank says, no, I got nothing in Oregon. Dean says, Wisconsin, Frank. Frank says, what about it? 
Dean says, uh, the coordinates, Bobby's coordinates. Frank says, Bobby, oh, right, yeah, no, I got nothing. I got no activity. Dean says, we'll work on it. Frank says, hey, when did you become the boss of me? You don't like what I'm doing? You can stick it right up your Montana. <laughs> right up your butte. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he should have said. <laughs> I like that butte. <laughs> it's a nice butte. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> okay. and downhill we go <laughs> yep. quality uh. entertainment <laughs> oh yeah yep okay so dean says all right all right take it easy frank frank says oh and another thing and then he hangs up dean says mm -hmm. frank hello frank <laughs> sam walks up carrying a coffee and a newspaper dean says he's a crazy son of a bitch sam says frank Dean says, you know, having a cranky, total paranoid as your go-to guy, that's, it's, I don't know what it is. What are you going for? Like the Guinness record of caffeine consumption? That's like your fifth this morning. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, well, every time I close my eyes, Lucifer is yelling in my head. It's like I let him in once. Now I can't get rid of him. Dean says, you know, he's not actually. Sam says, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Uh, trying telling that to the volume control inside my brain. He <laughs> says, well, did you try the hand thing? Sam says, yeah. Uh, anyway, as long as I'm awake, check it out. Sam hands Dean the newspaper and says, they're saying drugs, but read between the lines. Sounds like she danced her own feet off. Might be our kind of thing. Dean says, dancers, they are toe shoes full of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I am labeling myself. But <laughs> Sam says, you and you would know this how? Dean says, I saw Black Swan twice. Hot tutu on tutu action. Come on, Sam. What's wrong with you? Sam says, wow, the depths of your... Anyway, it's Portland, a couple hours away. What do you think? Dean says, yeah, dancers. Why not? Maybe you'll get some sleep on the way. Sam says, yeah, maybe. They drive away in a black car. That is not the Impala. <laughs> we cut to Port uh, the Portland police station. Our boys go inside. Sam says, so, the usual, no EMF, no sulfur, no hex junk. Dean says, if there's no more dancers to interview on this trip, it could be a bust. Although I hear they have good coffee in Portland. Sam says, dude, that's Seattle. Oh, let's just get, <laughs> let's just, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> uh, he says. It's like, oh, that, you remind me of, oh, what's his name? Um. Huh. The cartoon. Oh, good. Uh, I think it's Elmer Fudd. It's like. <laughs> oh no! I remind you of Elmer Fudd. I mean, what you don't remind fuck? me of Elmer Fudd. It just that laugh kind of reminded me. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Okay, I'm gonna ask Eric if I have an Elmer Fudd laugh. Well, I don't think you normally do, but that was <laughs> okay. That was a good one just then. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sam says, let's just get the drill over with. There we go. I said it. <laughs> the duty officer behind the desk is talking to another officer. Duty officer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll, folks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I am not an adult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay um dean clears his throat and sam raises a hand 
the duty officer <laughs> raises a hand in acknowledgement, but continues to talk to the other officer. Uh, the officer says later, and he leaves. Sam says, hi. The duty officer <laughs> says, yeah. <laughs> Sam says, uh, we'd like to see the crime scene photos from the Irina, I'm going to say this wrong, Koganzon case, please. Yeah, who knows? I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it, it doesn't even matter. The duty officer says, and you would be? Dean says, oh. And they show their FBI badges. The duty <laughs> officer says, give me a minute. Dean says, take your time. In another room, an officer is writing on an evidence bag that contains the ballet shoes. He puts the bag down on a table where his young daughter is drawing. She reaches out an arm for the bag. Um, her and she's dad... dressed in like a Leo and that sort of stuff. Oh, is she? I completely I missed think that. So. Okay, I'm pretty sure she had like a little like her hair was up in a bun and she had like a Leo on and stuff. So I don't mm -hmm. know if she was like. A ballet dancer or just wanted to be a ballet dancer or something but yeah like, the toaster shoes were a draw <laughs> yeah okay her dad says no you can't touch those honey those are dad those are daddy's work she drops her arm but keeps staring at the slippers uh the daughter says daddy i have to go pee the officer says sweetie you know where the little girl's room is so we cut back to the boys the duty officer gives dean a case file that contains a crime scene picture of irena and the ballet shoes Dean says, yeah, I'd call that weird. We cut back to the daughter. Um, she enters the ladies' room. The ballet shoes are for magically on the floor. She closes the door behind her and puts one shoe on. It resizes to fit her feet. She yeah, looks wouldn't that be amazing if shoes did that? It's like, these are the cutest shoes ever. I want them in my size. And then they just magically were in their size. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> She looks enchanted. So we cut back to the boys. Sam and Dean enter the evidence room and show their IDs. Sam says, hey there, how you doing? The officer says, okay, what can I do for you fellas? Sam says, well, we need to see the shoes that were involved in the ballet dancer's death. The officer says, didn't figure that would be an FBI deal, but sure, yeah, right here. The officer turns around and sees the ballet shoes are no longer on the table. The officer says, damn it, Tracy. Dean says, who's Tracy? The officer says, my daughter, she loves ballet. Sam and Dean bust into the ladies' room. Tracy is sitting on the floor wearing the shoes. Sam says, hey, take those off. Tracy is pulled to her feet by an invisible force and begins to spin. Sap, Sam, sap? <laughs> sap. Good old sap. Good old sappy. <laughs> I mean, he is kind of sappy. I mean, yeah, that's not wrong. If one of them has to be named sappy. It's going to be that one. Yeah. Okay, so Sam grabs Tracy around her middle and lifts her up. Sam says, Dean, get the shoes. Dean says, I'm trying. Tracy's legs flail as Dean tries to grab her feet. She kicks Dean in the face. She says, sorry. <laughs> Dean okay, gets and like point shoes are ba basically like paper mache. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Like that hurts to get whacked with a point shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Yet he still didn't get knocked out. Yep. I know. Right? You know, if it would have been Sam that would have been Sam. Shoe, he would have been done. <laughs> yep. Yep. So Dean gets one shoe off. Sam says, Come on, Dean. Dean says, I'm trying. Tracy kicks Dean in the face again and says, Sorry. <laughs> Dean says, I got it. I got it. Sam says, Okay. Uh, I'm going with cursed object. Dean says, You think? Sam says to Tracy, you okay? So Sam and Dean leave the ladies' room. Sam is carrying the ballet shoes with a pen. A sticker in one of the shoes reads 1599, out with the old. Uh, 
Which, okay, can I just say that like $15.99 is so cheap for toe shoes. Mm, like, really? Oh, <laughs> a pair of those suckers. Well, I mean, to be fair, like you don't know who they were worn by. If it was, if it was just like an old pair of point shoes that weren't worth anything anymore, mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. 10, 15 bucks, whatever. But if they were worn by somebody like somewhat significant, no way a brand new pair that haven't been worn yet are like 80 to a hundred bucks average, probably wow. depending on like what you get. Mm-hmm. And so like worn by somebody famous, whew, you know, <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. Good luck, you know. And the thing is, is those like they don't you only get rid of a pair of shoes once they're dead. Mm-hmm. So like they're too soft to like hold you anymore. Mm-hmm. Or like they're just yeah, they just because your feet break down the shoe. It's not like you mm-hmm. wear them until you need another size. Like most dancers go through like a pair a week sometimes, depending oh my on how God. much they're dancing. So you're spending like four hundred dollars on shoes every month holy crap just to like (laughs) do your thing you know yeah but wow yeah that's insane i I saw the 15 dollars and i was like those clearly were garbage you know yeah nobody wore them (laughs) yeah that was important anyway you know but anyway okay so sam says next stop out with the old i suppose it's too much to hope that these shoes are the only thing in that store that we have to worry about Dean says, oh, what a dreamer you are. (laughs) They leave the police station. We cut to some time later. Sam and Dean pull into a parking spot. The ballet shoes are on the back seat. Dean says, hey, didn't we put those in the trunk? Sam says, how did they? Dean says, cursed objects, Sam. Sam says, do they look like they're your size? (laughs) Dean says, shut up. Sam says, I want to (laughs) dance. Sam says, wait, are you? Dean says, getting the urge to Prince Sig- Siegfried? Siegfried, there we go, myself into oblivion, yes. <laughs> Sam says, you really did see Black Swan. So we cut to a woman. Uh, she's talking to a man standing in the doorway of a local tool shop. Next to her is her assistant, who is carrying files, a big bag, and a case. The woman says, well, it's nice seeing you, Mr. Marshall. Please call me if you have any questions about the offer. Mr. Marshall says, I'll let you know. The woman's assistant says, I don't think he's going to sell. The woman says, thinking is not your strong suit, George. The woman goes to the passenger side and George walks to the driver's side of the car. The woman says, George, the door. George hurries over to the passenger side, still carrying all that crap and opens the door for her. Oh, my God. (laughs) She is. Yeah. So Sam and Dean cross the street behind the car. Sam is holding the ballet shoes. They go inside to the antique store uh, with a going out of business sale sign on the front door. Inside the shop, Sam says, hello. A man is mopping the floor. Sam says, hey, did you sell these? The man says, uh, yeah. Sam says, well, where'd you get them? The man says, uh, my mother had them in that box. Sam puts the ballet shoes down and goes to get the box. Uh, it's made of wood and has symbols carved into the lid. Dean picks up the ballet shoes and is totally enamored with them. (laughs) Yeah. The man says, I don't understand what's happening. Sam holds out the open box to the man and says this in here. Then Sam notices Dean holding the ballet shoes. Sam says, hey, hey, hey. And he pulls the shoes away from Dean and puts them in the box. Sam says, geez, you okay there? Dean says, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know what this means. I'm pasta done. I'm pot of done. Okay. So, uh, 
I'm going to say this wrong. Pas de deux is like a couple's dance in ballet. Oh. So like that, you know, like, so like for the Nutcracker, when like the Sugar Plum Fairy dances with the prince, that's a pas de deux. It's two okay. people dancing. Like it's like the two main people usually that are like dancing together. It's like their show off you know kind mm-hmm. of like not I shouldn't say it like that but you know like it's kind of like their little showcase you know yeah okay and so cool. it, yeah he's like I, I don't I don't really understand why it, it was just a way to throw in French <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's really <laughs> okay so the man says okay if it's not too much trouble do you mind telling me uh what's going on Sam and Dean show their FBI badges. Sam says, what's your name? The man says, uh, Scott, Scott Freeman. Sam says, you said these were your mother's. Where'd she get them? Scott says, I don't know. I found them in the back. Dean says, I got it. Sam says, now where's your mother? Scott says, well, she uh, passed away last week. Sam says, I'm, hard- I'm sorry to hear that, Scott. Listen, these shoes. Um, Scott says, just some personal stuff she collected. I'm trying to get rid of it all. Sam says, all? Is there more like this? Dean, like, walks, <laughs> yeah. Dean walks back into the room holding up uh, an empty wooden uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> holding up empty wooden boxes Dean says Sam Sam says Scott what was in those boxes so we cut to inside a woman's house uh, she's chopping vegetables she picks up an apple from a fruit basket and then drops it with a start when an old fashioned kettle on the stovetop whistles <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> My allergies have been so bad lately. I was hoping That's to hold okay. it and it didn't work. Sorry. That's okay. Bless you. <laughs> so she stares at it, then picks up the metal handle with a bare hand, supports the base of the kettle with the other hand, and pours the boiling water into her mouth. The water spills over her chin, burning her face. What a freaking uh, horrible way to go, too. So awful. That would be the worst. So we cut back to the boys in the antique store. Scott says, okay, what the hell kind of FBI guys are you? Dean says, the kind that are trying to fix the mess you started. Now, where'd your mom get these? Scott says, I don't know. I found them in her safe. Sam says, did it ever occur to you that these things might be locked in that safe for a reason? Scott says, no, I just thought it was some junk that she had collected over the years. Like I knew she was into some weird stuff, but I never thought that she would be like, Dean says, yeah, well, think again, okay? Because this junk is killing people. <sighs> Scott says, what? Like, how can that be? Sam says, look, Scott, we're going to need to know exactly what you sold out of that safe and names and addresses of who you sold it to. Scott nods. So we cut to outside the tea kettle woman's house. Sam and Dean pull up and get out of the car. Dean says, all right, what do we got? Sam says, she bought a tea kettle. Dean says, tea kettle? Sam says, yeah, hey, with enough curse mojo, you can turn a freaking pencil into a weapon of mass destruction. (laughs) Dean says, good times. So Dean and Sam go inside and see the kettle on the ground next to the dead woman's body. Her face is badly burned. Dean picks up some rubber gloves and wraps the handle of the kettle with them before picking the kettle up. Dean says, better call this in. Sam on the phone says, hello, yeah, I'd like to report an accident at 23 Gorham Road. My name, uh, Bruce Hornsby. So outside the house, Dean says, all right, who's next on the list? Sam takes a notebook out of his pocket and says, we got a gramophone sold to Brenda Gluck, 413 River Street, and a vintage gentleman's magazine sold to Peter Yankett, 27 (laughs) 27 Johnson Lane. (laughs) Yes, buddy. Peter Yankett. 
Peter Yankett. What a name. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I mean, he, he he's yanking something. <laughs> I think if that was my name, I wouldn't live on Johnson Lane. I'm pretty sure that's not his actual name. That was just his like way of getting away with buying um, an old nasty magazine yeah. without like having people know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want his name to be Peter Yankett. <laughs> I mean, that's fine too, but <laughs> Okay. Uh Dean says, "Really?" Sam says, "Yeah." Dean says, "All right. Well, we better split up. Why don't you take the gramophone? I'll handle the old rag." Sam says, I wouldn't really handle it if I were you. Remember those <laughs> shoes? Dean says, yeah, how could I forget? Dean puts the kettle in the back seat of the car and says, you know, I wonder how old porn kills you. <laughs> Dean gives Sam the rubber gloves. Sam says, pretty sure you don't want to know. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, you're probably right. All right, let's do this. Sam says, yep. Dean walks to the driver's door of the car and Sam walks away. We cut to inside a woman's house. She starts the gramophone and smiles at her young boy who is sitting on the sofa uh, playing on a tablet. She picks up a laundry basket. She says, I'm going to run these upstairs. I'll be right back. The young boy says, hmm. The music plays, but suddenly there is a whispering voice. It says, hey, Timmy. We cut to Yuck. Sam. Why well, know? <laughs> That's so gross. Cut to Sam walking down the street. Um, he runs a hand over his face and looks at his notebook. Cut back to the young boy playing on the tablet. The whispered voice says, hey, Timmy, come here. I have a secret for you. Timmy looks up and then at the gramophone. The whispered voice says, hey, Timmy, Timmy, come here, Timmy. Timmy walks over to the gramophone and puts his ear by the speaker. He listens to the whispered voice and then walks away. Like, why? Why would you listen to it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to know what it's going to say? Well, I would be terrified of the thing I'm pretty sure like yeah I would be like um can we just like never have this near me ever because now I'm terrified that it's talking you know yeah yeah I would I would institution over here I would think that I was like losing my mind that I was going crazy and that it wasn't really talking to me I mean there's also that option yeah I don't know how I I just I don't I don't like it Okay, so Timmy goes to the kitchen and picks up a large knife. The woman walks down the stairs and sits on the sofa with a magazine. Timmy walks towards her, carrying the knife. As he is raising his arm to strike, Sam busts in, grabs Timmy's arm, and takes the knife. The woman screams. Sam yells, where's the gramophone? The woman points. Sam walks over to the gramophone and puts on a rubber glove. <laughs> I just giggle about the rubber gloves. <laughs> Timmy says, hey, that's mine. Sam says, kid, this would be a really good time uh, or for a lesson in gratitude. Lucky for you, I'm too tired. Sam's phone rings and he answers it. He says, hey. Dean says, hey, got the porn just in time too. <laughs> Sam says, what was he doing? Dean says, uh, like you said, you don't want to know. Where are you at? Sam says, I just got the gramophone. I'm across town. I'll head your way. They hang up. Uh, so we cut to the antique store. Dean is putting the, a wooden box in the safe. Scott says, so my mom wasn't just some whack job. All this stuff is real? Dean says, yep. Scott says, well, now I really feel like crap. Dean <laughs> says, how come? Scott says, I kept pushing her to sell the store. She kept saying no, and I kept pushing her, you know, telling her how much money she'd make. Dean says, you think you changed her mind? Scott said, I don't know, you know, this real estate lady kept coming around. And then one day, just like that, my mom says, okay. Then she had that accident, never even got to enjoy the money. Dean says, how soon after? 
Scott says the next day. Dean says the next. How did she die? Scott says car crash. You know, I keep thinking if I hadn't pushed her, then Dean says, hey, little tip uh, feeling guilty ain't going to bring him back. Best you can do is live your life the way that you would think would make her proud or at least not embarrass the crap out of her. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Scott smiles and nods. Dean says, oh, uh, you know the drill, right? Don't touch anything in those boxes. In fact, don't even go near the safe. Once we get it all boxed up, we'll get a U-Haul and get everything out of here. Scott says, believe me, I got it. Um, Dean leaves the antique shop. He notices the Bickleby Realty sold sign, which has a large picture of the woman who is talking to Mr. Marshall in the window. Um, he walks along the street. Almost every store has the same sold sign in the window. The name below the woman's photo is Joyce Bickleby. So we cut to Bickleby Realty, uh, the Bickleby Realty office. It's nighttime. Joyce is sitting behind a desk talking to Mr. Marshall, who is smoking a cigar. Joyce says, you know, Mr. Marshall, the block won't be the same. Most of your neighbors have already sold. Now I've prepared an analysis report for you. George? Joyce gets up and takes the piece of paper from George. Joyce says, now in this one, George, Mrs. Mr. Marshall, what? That doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. I'm going to start that over. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce says, not this one, George. Mr. Marshall's hard to find good help these days. George gives Joyce another piece of paper, which she gives to Mr. Marshall. Joyce says, anyway, as you can see, our offer, our offer is more than generous. Mr. Marshall says, seems that way. Joyce says, and with that generous offer, you can pretty much go wherever and do whatever you please. You can get on with your life. Mr. Marshall says, you know, Miss Bickleby, I came here tonight with every intention of selling, but what you said about getting on with my life, that store is my life. I can't sell. Mr. Marshall stands up and puts the piece of paper down on the desk. Joyce says, look, we all feel attached to our past, but it's the future that, that's the real adventure. And Mr. Marshall says, sorry, not selling. And I ain't buying that crap either, lady. Joyce says, well, if that's your decision, what can I say? Joyce holds out a hand. Mr. Marshall smiles and takes it. Joyce says, I wish you the best of luck with the rest of your life. What little there is left of it. Um, I'd be like, um, excuse you? <laughs> yeah, I know what? <laughs> what Joyce, gri mean? Yeah. <laughs> Joyce grips his hand tightly. Mr. Marshall grimaces in pain. Um, then Joyce takes on Mr. Marshall's form. Joyce snaps Mr. Marshall's neck and he falls onto the chair dead. Joyce, still in Mr. Marshall form, signs the contract. Joyce says, see, as promised. And she transforms back into her Joyce body and ho holds up the form to George. Joyce says, on the dotted line, what? George says, well, maybe you were a little quick on the trigger. First the woman went in the antique shop, and now this. I mean, you know what Mr. Roman doesn't like us calling attention to ourselves. Joyce gives George a look. George says, so what should I do with the body? Joyce says, there, that's the attitude. Okay, take Mr. Marshall and his stinky cigar home and put them in bed. Oh, and George, make sure the cigar is lit. You know, burning hot. So we cut to some time later. There are flashing lights and sirens outside the window. Joyce says, there goes Mr. Marshall. Should have quit smoking. Can be hazardous to your health. Joyce laughs, then takes a sip of her coffee and coughs. Joyce says, do you know how many assistants I've had since taking this body, George? George says, maybe three. Joyce says, five. I'll leave it to your imagination what happened to the first four. George says, was something wrong with the brew? Joyce says, you tell me. What did I ask for? George says, a hot cup of coffee. Joyce says, that's right. Got the coffee part. But did I say hot or, I don't know, tepid? 
Joyce gives George the coffee cup. Joyce says, for George, just saying. So go to that nice barista on Maine and get me a grande, non-fat, no-whip, white mocha, one-pump, sugar-free, double-shot espresso, okay? George says- I wouldn't be able to remember. I'm like, okay, if you want to write down your order, then maybe. But (laughs) if you expect me to remember this, it's not going to (laughs) happen. Exactly. George says, sure. um, That's all the way across town. Joyce says, okay. George says, I won't be back till nine. Joyce says, see you at 845. Jeez. So we She's cut- a real piece of work. Yeah. Yep. So we cut to Sam driving a pickup truck. He yawns and turns on some loud rock music. His phone rings and he turns the music off and then answers the phone. Sam says, hey, what's up? I'm on my way. Dean is sitting in a cafe using a laptop and drinking coffee. Um, he says, yeah, not sure we're taking the safe out of the town just yet. Uh, so it turns out that the mama hoarder didn't just die and leave the store to scott sam says she didn't dean says no listen to this the lady spends 40 years trying to keep that place right then one day she wakes up and sells next day she drives a car off a cliff sam says so uh what do you think somebody cut her brakes or something dean says no i think the world is full of hilarious coincidences (laughs) oh and there's this new company never even tasted real estate uh yep i said that right okay (laughs) Dean's laptop shows the Bickleby Realty webpage. Dean says, just gobbled up a huge chunk of Main Street. Now, I could be off the deep end here, but doesn't that seem weird to you? Sam doesn't say anything. Dean says, Sam? Sam? Sam says, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Keep me posted. Dean says, sounds good. Are you all right? Sam says, you know, they say that a sleep deprivation is an enhanced interrogation technique. (laughs) Dean says, yeah. Sam says, trust me, it's torture. And Sam like, hangs I'm up. going insane. <laughs> um, inside the cafe, Dean clicks on corporate contact on the Bickleby Realty webpage. A message pops up reading, we're sorry, the site you're trying to access has been blocked. Dean says, son of a bitch. So Dean calls Frank. Uh, Frank says, this better be good. Dean says, Frank, hey, I didn't mean to double dip in your crazy sauce. No offense. Frank says, none taken, fudge pop. Dean says, what? (laughs) (laughs) I like that as a nickname, (laughs) Fudge Pop. It's kind of weird, but yeah. (laughs) It's a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me want a Fudge Pop. (laughs) I haven't had one of those since I was probably in elementary school. Oh, I had one like last week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Dean says, uh, I think I found something. Frank says, my silence is your cue, Dean. (laughs) Dean says, all right, so there's this new company that's buying up a whole bunch of mom and pops in Portland. Uh, But I hit a firewall when I tried to access its site. Think you can crack it? Frank says, can a dog play poker? (laughs) Dean says, I don't. Frank says, the answer is yes. I don't know how to answer that question. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Frank says, the answer is yes. What's the company name? Dean says, uh, GeoThrive, Inc. On the laptop screen above the firewall message is the company logo, which says GeoThrive, Inc., innovative technology for the future. When we cut to Sam, he is driving while being very sleepy. He almost overshoots a curve in the road and then nods off. A truck is coming uh, towards him and the driver honks a horn. Sam nearly collides with a semi before he wakes and veers sharply to the side. We cut to a coffee stand. The barista puts two pumps of something into a coffee cup. George says, wait, I said one pump sugar-free, not two. The barista says, extra pumps on the house. 
George mm. says, that's very nice, but my boss is going to be able to tell. Okay. Oh, so she's going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> so just make me a new one. The barista says, there's people in line and I'm here all alone. So enjoy the free pump. George says, how about you make me a new one? The barista says, how about you eat me? George says, don't tempt me. You're lucky. I'm I late. wish I could. <laughs> yep. The barista says, so lucky. Next. Uh, Sam, who is next in line, says, can I get a triple red eye, please? The barista says, it's your funeral. <laughs> George turns and looks at Sam with delight and then hurries away. So we cut to the street outside the antique store. Sam gets out of the pickup truck. Um, Scott comes to the door of the store. George is watching from across the street. Joyce on the phone says, what are you talking about, George? Where's my coffee? George says, I am seriously not kidding. Joyce says, and you're sure it's him? George says, of course I'm sure. Sam Winchester is going into that antique shop we just bought. Sam walks into the store carrying a wooden box. George says, do you think they're here for us? Joyce says, no, trust me. If the Winchesters were here for us, we'd know. George says, I am going to enjoy this. Joyce says, enjoy? Enjoy what, George? George says, well, eating him is pretty much what I was thinking. <laughs> Joyce says, what? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> George says, no. Joyce says, come back to the office now. Joyce hangs up. So we cut to inside the Bickleby Realty Building. Joyce says, we have a chain of command here, George. You see a Winchester. You don't eat him. You tell me, and I eat him. <laughs> what do you think? I'm going to tell Dick, I think I ate him, but I didn't see it. What, I'm supposed to vouch for you, George? Like you're not one dumb move away from a bibbing already? Come on. <laughs> George says, but I... Joyce says, oh, no. George says, but... Joyce says, no. <laughs> Joyce holds up her hand and makes little hand motions while soundlessly saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> George starts to speak, but Joyce cuts him off. She says, who? Joyce takes the coffee from George and takes a sip. She says, ah, oh, two pumps. Really, George? <laughs> She's so picky. <laughs> God, I would somebody hate to work with somebody like that. Somebody else is buying your coffee. Like, <laughs> if yeah. it ends up getting screwed up, oh, well, you know. <laughs> yep. So we cut to Dina in the cafe. He's looking at a pie in, dis in a display container while talking on the phone. Dean says, Frank, tell me you got something. Frank says, no, I'm calling with Lakers Celtic score. Celtics? Celtics? Celtics. Okay. Score. Dean says, what? Frank says, of course I got something. I figured out why you hit that firewall. Dean walks back to his table and says, my silence is your cue, Frank. Frank <laughs> says, oh, touche. So you're trying to access the GeoThrive internal site. And the reason why you couldn't is because if you dig down deep, it's all dick. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, well, that'd be helpful if you didn't say that about everything. <laughs> Frank says, yeah, except I'm operating on hard fact now, wise ass. Dean says, so you're telling me that GeoThrive is part of Roman Inc.? Frank says, it's a conglomerate. I didn't conglomerate <laughs> with a subsidiary within a conglomerate. I can't say it. <laughs> it's all tied together, Dean. Dean says, wait, so what? Leviathans are Walmarting mom and pops? Frank says, and bingo was his name, oh. <laughs> Dean says, B I G O. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, so we got a big old field in Wisconsin and a much and a bunch of friggin' shops in Portland. What the hell are they up to? Sam pulls up and parks outside the cafe. 
Frank says, beats me. All I know is it's corporate and it's smelly as the day is long. If I were you, I'd get out of Dodge pronto. Dean says, people are dying here, Frank. Frank says, sure, every second. Check the obesity stats. That town ain't nothing special. Dean says, well, we're not done here, okay? And hey, we might get some answers. Frank says, fine, call me if you don't die. They hang up. Sam joins Dean at the table and says, so? Dean says, well, that'll work. Sam says, um, how's it going? Dean says, I just got off the phone with Frank. Apparently, we have a bit of a Leviathan issue in this town. Sam says, Leviathans here? Dean says, yeah, we're looking at a big old giant nesting doll of dick as far as property sales go. <laughs> Sam sighs and looks away. Dean says, hey, are you hearing me? Sam says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Dean says, okay, you know what? Enough with the insomnia crap, all right? You need to crash. I'll keep working. You find a motel and get some sleep, okay? Sam says, it doesn't matter what I do, Dean. Lucifer will not shut up. Dean says, even now? Sam says, he's singing Stairway to Heaven right now. Dean <laughs> says, good song. Sam says, not 50 times in a row. Dean says, hmm. Sam's phone rings. Sam says, hey, Scott. Scott says, please, Sam, you got to help me. Sam says, what's happening? Scott says, I looked in one of my mom's old mirrors, and now I want to rip my face off. I think it was cursed. Sam says, all right, hold on tight. We're on our way. Dean says, like, let don't me don't touch anything. <laughs> I know. Don't rip your face off. <laughs> Please stay intact for us to get there. <laughs> Dean says, let me guess. He touched something he was not supposed to. Dean put some money on the table. And Sam says, of course he did. Uh, so we cut to the antique store. Scott says, uh, was that okay? Joyce and George, Joyce and George <laughs> are there. Joyce says, well, not exactly, not exactly Oscar worthy, but I was convinced. Not that it matters because you don't have any more lines. Joyce takes off her scarf and stuffs it into Scott's mouth. George says, now what? Joyce says, now we wait for meal service. So we cut to some time later. Scott is taped to a chair. George's, um, George tapes Scott's mouth shut. And George says, so one more body we're going to have to spirit away, huh? Joyce says, oh, actually, no. As you so helpfully pointed out earlier, Dick doesn't like making the papers. <laughs> George says, right, so what's the plan? Joyce says, well, we can't have Scott here running his mouth. Loose lips, yada, yada, yada. We will kill him. Scott makes a noise. Joyce says, but that doesn't mean anyone ever has to notice he's dead. Pack your bags, Georgie. You are turning into one Scott Freeman. Joyce strokes Scott's cheek and says, for the next, oh, 30-something odd years. Right, Scotty? Sam and Dean pull up outside the store in the pickup with the U-Haul attached. Uh, they hurry inside. Dean says, so much for the cursed mirror. Joyce says, Sam and Dean, it is such a pleasure to make your acquaintances. Now, just so you can put names to the faces that'll be eating you. I'm Joyce. This is my <laughs> assistant, George. Dean says, oh, you're the lady from the real estate signs. Joyce says, yes, you like my photo? Dean says, oh, you might want to lay off the whitening strips. Joyce says, oh, Dean, I'm going to enjoy picking you out of my teeth. Joyce's face transforms into a leviathan mouth. She grabs Dean and throws him into a glass cabinet. George throws Sam over a desk. Sam punches George, and Dean hits Joyce with an urn. George grabs Sam around the throat and says, there's a bucket of that stuff you love throwing at us right there. Dunk me before she sees. It's like, um... Why? Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. why would they have a bucket this, of that stuff this feels like a trap <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so joyce throws dean onto a table which breaks sam dunks george head and george's head into the bucket joyce looks disgusted 
George lifts his head. His face is burning. George says, the sword. Joyce throws Dean through some glass doors. George says, the sword. Sam breaks a display cabinet holding a sword. As Joyce is uh, walking toward Dean, Sam uses a sword to cut off her head. Dean says, oh, thanks. So we cut to some time later. Dean puts Joyce's head in a bag and puts the bag in a safe. Scott says, okay, I get that these things mean business, you know, but I can't just like uproot my life. Mm -hmm. Dean says, sure you can. It's not as hard as you think. Sam says, look, Scott, these big mouths don't like to leave loose ends. Dean says, so you don't look back until you get someplace where you don't speak the language. Scott says, all right, I'm going. Thank you, I guess. Sam says, don't mention it. To George, uh, Sam says, one minute. Uh, that's how long you have to explain. That's how long you have to explain to us why you helped us. George says, because I am dying to know what that bitch tastes like. <laughs> Dean says, wait. He's like, I have no loyalties here. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, wait, let me get this straight. You want to eat your boss? George says, you got a better way to make her stay dead? <laughs> Sam says, so what? So now you're on our side or something? George says, yeah, no. But if Joyce was alive, then I'd spend the rest of my life cleaning her messes. Or worse, I'd get eaten or bibbed. So thanks for chopping her head off for me. Taking her on solo? Yikes. So really, <laughs> thanks for the assist there. And of course, to Dean, he says, you're welcome for saving you before she ripped into your ass like a Christmas present. Win-win, right? So how about that head? Dean says, yeah, not going to happen, Georgie. Sam holds a sword to George's throat. Dean says, now what the hell is Dick Roman building in Wisconsin? George says, I don't know. I barely know where Wisconsin is. I'm a West Coast representative. <laughs> Sam says, you're going to keep killing people who don't sign the dotted line. George says, all right, take it easy. And George touches the sword and tastes Joyce's blood on it. That leaves. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> George touches the sword and tastes Joyce's blood it leaves on his finger. <laughs> George says, mmm. Killing people isn't part of the agenda. Joyce just kept getting impatient. You got nothing to worry about with me. Don't you get it? You guys are freaking out about the wrong thing. Dean says, oh, you think? George says, a couple of real estate deals? Come on, big picture, guys. You think it's just here? It's everywhere. And it's a lot more ambitious than this little project. My advice, keep your heads down and stay down. Dean says, listen to me, you gooey son of a bitch. You're going to tell us what you're building here, or I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. George says, hmm, I was hoping we could play nice, but if you must know, it's going to be a research center. Dean says, research? For what? George says, disease. This gentleman is where we're going to, this gentleman is where we're going to cure cancer. Sam says, wait, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, why would Dick Roman want to cure cancer? George says, because we're only here to help. So we cut to outside the <laughs> antique fine, store. whatever. I know. We're not yep. suspicious at all. <laughs> <laughs> so outside the antique store dean closes the door of the u-haul which contains the safe dean says monsters cure cancer a sentence i never thought i'd say why does it make me so nervous sam says yeah i hear you so what do we do dean says you are going to sleep on it all the way to frank's capiche sam says i wish i could dean says did you get any sleep last night sam says yeah oh yeah a little i don't know dean says well we'll find you a soft rock station always knocks you right out <laughs> so they get into the truck and drive away uh, we cut to some woods at night they pull up outside frank's trailer and get out dean yells hey frank and he pounds on the door dean yells Devereaux. dean says what the hell is he doing in there dean knocks on the door again and says frank don't shoot we're coming in 
Inside the trailer, there is bloody broken glass all over the floor. The place has been trashed and there's blood on the walls and the computer screen, one of which still displays Dick Roman's picture. Dean says, not good. And credits. Okay, so I only have two thoughts. (laughs) Okay. The first is, how is old porn killing you? I need to know. (laughs) I need to know too. What are they like? How? I don't get it. (laughs) I don't. Maybe you. Nope, I can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) But my imagination can't come up with that. You know, (laughs) it's just like it's a magazine. Okay, we all know what you do with old dirt or with dirty magazines. Yeah, you yank it. But like. Maybe you yank it till you can't. Maybe you pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) What an awful way to go. (laughs) Oh, that is the worst. (laughs) I don't feel good. That's the only thing I can come up with. You yeah. that sucker right off and bleed yeah. out. That's the only thing I know of. What if you're a girl? I don't know. I'm I'm having like full on um oh exorcist with the pea soup. Oh yeah. Like I'm having a full on like exorcist with the crucifix moment. Yeah, yeah, the crucifix. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's the only thing i can think of. <laughs> i mean what else is there there's nothing else <laughs> too much penetration there's just all the bleeding out that's happening to everybody yeah. and everywhere <laughs> oh my god like that's literally all i've got <laughs> yep you're probably right God, Somebody should ask that at a con. <laughs> Be like, okay, so remember the one with the cursed objects? And there was an old porn magazine that was apparently killing people. I need to know how. <laughs> Somebody has to tell me. <laughs> they would laugh. Oh my God. I dare you to ask them that. Would I ever, like, yeah, I don't know. Would I ever get the chance to ask that question probably you could. but yeah that's, <laughs> that's something <laughs> and then okay like my only other thought is like how is the dog gonna play poker <laughs> they don't have thumbs <laughs> there's no thumbs involved <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know the answer to that one <laughs> They can't hold cards. <laughs> they would be horrible poker players because everybody knows what's happening in their hands at all times because they don't have hands. They can't hold them. Yeah. <laughs> they maybe someone has to hold the, hold it up for them. You know, maybe yeah. they maybe they need an assistant. <laughs> Doesn't that like defeat the whole purpose of poker? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not if you're a dog. I guess. 
Be like, hey, my dog can totally play poker, but he needs an assistant. I think everyone would be like, cards and he could do the rest. (laughs) Everyone would think that was cool. That would be a pretty cool party trick. Yeah. Not going to lie. But yeah, okay, that, (laughs) those are my only thoughts, but they're both like, how is this going to (laughs) happen? Because there's just too many things that weren't explained in this episode. (laughs) I couldn't deal with it. (laughs) As I choke. (laughs) So what was your favorite moment from this episode? My favorite moment was when the ballet slippers uh, became Dean's size (laughs) and he was completely enamored with them. And uh, Sam kept being like, are you like, are you okay? He's like, I want to dance my ass off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to dance my feet off. Also. (laughs) (laughs) Until I got nothing but stumps. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Yep what was your favorite moment uh my favorite moment was when frank was like if you dig down deep it's all dick (laughs) (laughs) and dean was like you always say that (laughs) he's like but now i have hard evidence (laughs) it's all dick it's all dick so our interesting facts from today um the first one is when Dean is mesmerized by the ballet shoes, Sam calls him Barishnikov. Uh, Mikhail Barishnikov is a Russian-American dancer and choreographer. Um, he's often cited as one of the greatest ballet dancers in history, which even if you don't know ballet, you've at least heard the name Barishnikov. Mm-hmm. You know, like he is, he's up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says, um, at the coffee kiosk, Sam orders a triple red eye, which is the same drink he ordered as a child in Supernatural, The Girl Next Door from 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one with Amy, yeah? Yeah, okay. the kitsune. Mm-hmm. Um, the music playing while Irina is dancing to, the de- or dancing to death in the cursed shoes is from Princess Odette's death in Swan Lake. Oh. Um, so, you know makes sense <laughs> i've never seen that movie it's not a movie no no no. i'm thinking the black swan i've oh, never yeah. seen that i've never <laughs> seen the black swan i was it's like wait a, a minute no 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 yeah i mean there's very it, there very well could be like you know you could probably find like a televised version of it somewhere you know how you can oh, find sure. like you know how they had the nutcracker on netflix for a long time Mm-hmm. Uh, which fun fact, um, the old PNB Nutcracker that was on Netflix for a while, one of my um, instructors back when I was in ballet was actually uh, the Nutcracker in it. Oh, so he was cool. like, or he wasn't the Nutcracker. He was um, like the escort, I guess, is, mm-hmm. I think is what he's called. But basically it's like, you know, in the first scene, there's all, or the first half, there's all the party and she's got the Nutcracker doll. And then she like wakes up and all of a sudden she's older and she's got this handsome guy to dance with and like, Ooh, mm-hmm. love interest. And like, that's who he played. Okay. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, um, it says the name given for the person or Peronist. I'm what? pretty sure they just meant person. <laughs> What's a Peronist? Penis? What? I don't know. The name given for the, I'm going to go with person who bought the gentleman's magazine was Peter Yankett. <laughs> so yeah, penis. 
piece the the piecest. <laughs> I can't even say the, the penis who bought it. <laughs> His name was Yankit. <laughs> says in line with the general rock theme sam identifies himself to the 911 operator as bruce hornsby which i have no idea who it is and it doesn't say who it is it just says that he's a rock person mm-hmm. he could be a singer a drummer i don't know okay whatever but he's in a rock band apparently <laughs> um yeah. it says in the opening scene a dancer mocks arena by saying she just wants to be alone <laughs> Um, in the 1932 movie Grand Hotel, um, the Swedish actress Greta Garbo plays an overly aged Russian ballerina. At one point, the character says, I want to be alone. Um, the line is one of the top 50 mo- movie quotes of all time. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Nope. I don't even, I've never even heard. Yeah. I kind of want to watch that movie though. It sounds like it might be interesting. Mm-hmm. But, hmm. Um, it says Frank tells Dean he's calling with the Lakers Celtic score. Um, the Lakers beat the Celtics 97 to 94, five days before the airing of this episode. <laughs> oh man. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, it says this episode mimics the show Friday the 13th, the series from 1987. Um, it's about tracking down cursed objects and getting them back. Hmm. It says it's the 11th episode to not feature the Impala, uh, the 10th op- episode in a row not to feature feature it, except in a small flashback scene that took place four years earlier in Repo Man, which was the episode yeah. before this. I think. Yes? Yeah, it was. Yes. I was like, hold on. Ah! Yep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's the one with the serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it says, attracted to the ballet shoes, Dean admits getting the urge to Prince Siegfried himself into oblivion. Um, Prince Siegfried is the male lead in Swan Lake, um, the most famous ballet ever. Um, Siegfried dies in Act Four. Okay. So, fun facts. <laughs> um, so, our research from this week is, I mean, obviously got to be about cursed objects. <laughs> right. So, funny enough, we're on Ranker. <laughs> Whoa! What? Whoa! <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> uh, and the name of the article is: It says this museum of the occult will let you hold real cursed objects if you can handle it. Um, it says most museums have a strict hands-off rule when it comes to the artifacts, but that's not the case at the traveling museum of the paranormal and the occult. Guests are actually invited to handle the objects in question. However, just because you can touch it doesn't necessarily mean you should. <laughs> That's true with a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> After all, this is a museum with cursed objects. Handling an item could have some spooky consequences. From talking paintings to haunted mirrors, the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult has a huge collection of cursed objects that you can touch, including creepy haunted dolls and talking paintings. Visitors have reported visions and sensations while at the museum, and unexplained whispering and other voices have been heard. Is this merely the power of suggestion or an indication that the museum is truly haunted? You can decide for yourself by paying a visit to the museum when it rolls into your town. Um, So the first one, it says, one of the most talked about artifacts, the dark mirror, apparently reflects terrifying images back at guests who dare to stare into it. 
Guests report seeing images of their own corpse or dark figures lurking in the background. Some guests also report they feel their mouths filling with blood. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, the dark mirror is so popular it appears at every event. When not in use, the mirror is locked in a chest and covered with a dark veil. I feel like that's fair. <laughs> yeah, wow. I don't think I'd want to look in that mirror. I don't think I don't... I'd want to either. Yeah. Like, mm. See my corpse. No, thank you. Nope. <laughs> Sounds like a bad day. <laughs> 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 oh wait wait my my mouth is filling with blood <laughs> oh look i think i need to spit <laughs> or throw up one of the two i'm yeah. not really sure uh. um this says donated anonymously the bat the black hen planchet um which is the little piece on a ouija board mm -hmm. um, was allegedly used by kids in the famed bachelor's grove cemetery in illinois attempting to speak to dead mobsters <laughs> why mobsters uh, the kids were confused when the planchette kept sp spelling black hen the board then burst into flames causing the kids to flee when the board was retrieved the next day the owner reported it kept reappearing in her home after she attempted to throw it away oh god <laughs> in addition to seemingly moving on its own the board caused other paranormal phenomenon uh, household members experienced nosebleeds and the home became infected with flies what <laughs> oh my god yes please Bless Sorry. you. That's okay. <laughs> um, shadowy figures were seen and people felt a general sense of unease. After an exorcism, the board was bound and buried in the backyard. The owner eventually dug up the board and donated it to the museum. <laughs> like, please take this away. Yeah. <laughs> um, this says... Um, donated by an individual who, who wishes to remain anonymous, the corrupted testament allegedly belonged to a New York minister and was used in a number of exorcisms and other battles with demons. According to the story, the minister became distraught when he failed to exorcise a demon from a family member. He gave up fighting demons and took to bed until his death. He just like, like oh. I guess all I'm good for is just laying here, you know? Just sleeping, yep. <laughs> um, what marks... Oh, wait, what marks did the years of battling demons leave on the minister's Bible? Prior to being donated, the book's owners claimed it caused insect infestations, the smell of sulfur, and a general sense of unease for those nearby. Uh. Visitors who have touched the Bible have reported dissociative episodes, trembling, and experiencing the sensation of being watched. No, thank you. Nope. <laughs> nope, no, um, no. The next one, it says, a frequent subject of paranormal films, haunted dolls are an almost universally unsettling entity. <laughs> yep. Ruby is no different. Passed down for generations in one unfortunate family, Ruby's keepers eventually became fearful of the doll. Her presence in a room caused objects to move mysteriously. Anyone who touched the doll would get a sense of profound sadness and unease, often accompanied by physical symptoms like nausea. Um, Ruby is one of the only items in the museum that actually makes guests feel physically ill those who dare to touch ruby experience some of the same ailments reported by her donors <laughs> um the next one it says donated by a couple named jamie and april allen the little liar painting is a fairly innocuous looking painting um of a young girl in a sun hat however the story behind it is fairly sin sinister 
Jamie and April placed the painting on the wall of their daughter's bedroom and it began to terrorize the little girl. After the lights were turned off for the night, the painting would whisper messages like, mommy and daddy don't love you. Oh my God. Like, you little (laughs) shit, you know? (laughs) I mean, what else do you say? You know, like. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why are you so mean? You know? (laughs) That's so creepy. Um. It says there's still a lot of debate raging about whether the events at Amityville were a hoax or a genuine paranormal experience. Whether demons drove the crime or not, we know for sure that Ronald DeFeo? I think so, yeah. Junior murdered his parents and siblings at the house in 1974. The Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult has an actual plank taken from the home. Over the years, paranormal activity has been reported around the plank. Psychics have allegedly backed away from it after sensing a a demonic energy. It once allegedly communicated with paranormal investigators by manipulating lights on a ghost hunting device. The lights turned on and off in response to questions the investigators asked. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one says donated. Oh, no, it's. Ah! What's the matter? I'm trying (laughs) my phone. I had an ad pop up and so I couldn't see anything. Um, this says donated by an anonymous, donated by an anonymous man referred to as Kevin <laughs> on the museum website. The whispering radio was allegedly discovered by Kevin in his late father's automotive repair shop. After bringing it home one night, Kevin was shocked to find the radio turned on by itself. The radio did not play music, but instead played the sounds of whispering voices. Ugh, I do not like that. <laughs> no. The radio is currently on display at the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult, and visitors can listen to see if the radio sends them any whispered messages. Hmm. <laughs> um, it says, the next one, it says, donated by Lee and Jen Kirkland, the Hallelujah X-ray is an X-ray machine that allegedly captured the image of Christ during a routine CT scan of a knee. You can see both the machine and scan in the museum. Their resemblance to Christ is, Christ is definitely noticeable, although some may argue people are seeing what they want to see in the image. So it's like the whole, you know, Jesus on a tortilla. Yeah, like G- but Jesus on, a, on, on a an X-ray? Scan. <laughs> oh, a CT scan, that's right. Of a kneecap or a knee. <laughs> they have a picture kind of of it. And... Do you see Jesus? I mean, I could see where they could make like maybe a face out of it, but honestly, like it just looks like a CT scan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see like how they would, but it, it looks like so his face looks like that's I can't because the picture is so small. It looks like his face would be like the kneecap, right? And then there's like mm-hmm. dark around it because there's no bone there. It's you know other tissue, so it's darker around it. So I mean, hmm. is it Jesus? No. <laughs> Can you say it looks like Jesus? Yes you know all right but is that what it's supposed to be it no it's supposed to be a knee yeah (laughs) you know um 
Anyway, um, the next one, it says some of the most convincing footage found of Bigfoot was shot by Rob Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin in 1967. Uh, weeks after the footage was made public, a Canadian taxidermist traveled to the site and poured plaster in the footprints allegedly created by the legendary creature. You can see the plaster footprints for yourself at the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult. So, <laughs> if it, hmm. I don't know if it's true or not. And for all y'all that believe in Bigfoot, <laughs> I don't want to ruin, like, burst your bubble. But the guy who came up, like, the guy who produced this, like, footprint for Bigfoot, which is what started the whole Bigfoot thing, mm -hmm. came out later and said that he had made it. He, like, he basically made a footprint and made a plaster mold of it to, like, create hype around something. Like, he just kind of, like, wanted to create a thing. Mm -hmm. you know and for a year i mean people still are like bigfoot is real yeah and well but if it all like the person who like kind of started the whole thing is saying like hey i made this up <laughs> yeah i mean maybe he just said that he made it up for who knows what reason you know knows? yeah that's what i'm saying like i don't know whether it's a thing or not do i think that bigfoot could exist yeah, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm not saying it couldn't. Yeah. But I'm not saying it does either, you know? Right. <laughs> so there's that. If it comes to like the ocean and that sort of stuff, I will like, yeah, okay, you say that this is a thing. It probably is because we don't know hardly anything about the ocean. Oh, right. Like I'm pretty sure we know more about space than we do about our own ocean. Mm -hmm. But yeah, stuff that's ocean. on land, somebody would have come across something at some point, probably. Mm hmm. Not saying that it couldn't happen, but anyway. Um, so it says, if you're wondering when the museum will come to your town, you can check out the website. Um, tour dates are posted throughout the year with the locations where the museum will appear. Um, if the museum is coming to an area near you, you can book tickets online and brave holding some strange and potentially cursed paranormal objects. Consider bringing some holy water or sage just to be safe. It says, Greg Newkirk and Dana Matthews are the pair of paranormal investigators behind the traveling museum of the paranormal and the occult. Um, Newkirk and Matthews have traveled across North America investigating a wide range of paranormal claims. Um, the pair have investigated everything from claims of psychic activity to alleged monster sightings. Um, their website, Weak and Weird, covers a lot of their adventures and Weak isn't like W-E-E-K and Weird. Okay. Um, it says Newkirk and Matthews got tired of merely showing content online. They decided vu viewers should be able to interact with potentially haunted items themselves. <laughs> they began touring with their collection of allegedly cursed items, creating the traveling museum of the paranormal and the occult. Unlike regular museums, which are highly hands-off experiences, visitors are invited to actually touch and interact with the materials presented. I think of all of them, um, if I had to... If I had to interact with one of the items, it would probably be the, was it the black mirror or the dark mirror? The one where your, your mouth fills up with blood? Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of look like to look at the CT scan, honestly. Oh, really? <laughs> Jesus? Like to try and be like, okay, so this is clearly the kneecap. This is this, this is this, you know, and like, yeah, I don't know. Cause that doesn't seem so much haunted. No, that just. Seems That's like, just like a hey, this is a picture. What of a coincidence, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the one that I would be comfortable with messing with. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. 
but yeah. <laughs> um, so what was your or aspect moment from this week? Um, okay, so Killian goes to school and comes back one day and tells me that um, he went to the bathroom and only two kids can be in the bathroom at a time right now because of social distancing. Yeah. So there was a kid waiting to go into the bathroom. He said it was another kindergartner, but not one from his class. Uh-huh. And the kid yells at him like, you need to hurry up or I'm going to hurt you. Jeez. Okay. So Killian, so Killian hurries up and he, as he walks by the kid, the kid pushes him over what a fucking ass butt (laughs) like that seems to me like somebody should get in trouble for that yeah well Killian did not tell his teacher about it so I you know we talked about it and we talked about it we talked about it and I was like you need to tell your teacher about it tomorrow Uh you know and he was like okay okay and so I wasn't sure if he was going to or not so I messaged his teacher and like told her all about it and she messaged me back that Killian did tell her about it Mm -hmm. and that um he was gonna point out the kid at recess to her yeah so but he said he that never happened that he never saw the kid when he was with uh his teacher so well I mean depending on yeah I mean because usually they only have like the same age groups you know in at recesses and stuff together so unless i mean the kid is his age then yeah he's not gonna see him at recess so the kid is his age yeah oh okay yeah he's a another kindergartner from a different class oh so that just bummed me out killing i'm i was proud of killian for not like engaging and fighting back yeah you know what i mean like because no one wants that and he, he doesn't know like my any martial arts or whatever you know yeah. so but I just thought that that kid was a giant ass but so yeah like what's the like why do you feel the need to like push people around dude you know like, yeah what's even the point yeah that kid better really needed to poop <laughs> <laughs> hurry up get out of the way oh gosh <laughs> Okay, but like at that point, he, you just go in the bathroom and poop. I know there's multiple stalls, you know. Like, if that's the point where it's like social distancing, be damned, I need to poop, you know. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> just go in there. There's no need to like shove people, you know. Like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, what was your jitter aspect moment? Oh, okay. So, before we moved into this new house, we obviously. I say we, like I had anything to do with it. Travis (laughs) had to sell the old house. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we had, so it had already been like sold and they were doing the inspection or whatever on it. And he's like, okay, well, they're going to be here at nine o'clock. So make sure that you just leave a little bit before nine. So that way, you know, they're the dogs that, cause I basically, I worked that day. So I had to go and like, take the dog out basically to the field out behind the house and just like let him roam around for like an hour mm-hmm. until I could go back shower and go to work mm-hmm. so I'm like up and trying to get everything you know together to take the dog out and it's like 8 45 and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and I'm like 
what, you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay. And so I go and I open the door. I'm like, Hey, you know, like, and he's like, Hey, we're here to do the inspection and blah, blah, blah. Like, why are you still here? And I'm sitting there going, well, okay. Like you weren't going to be here for another 15 minutes. I was told you were going to be here at nine. He's like, Oh, well we got here early. I was like, okay. You know, like clearly you got here early because you're here, but like, would have been nice to know. So that way I could get out of your way. Like, right. Good grief, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, I, you know, need to go and get the dog and we'll get out of your way. Like, what time do you think you'll be done? Because I was told it would be about an hour. So he's like, um, it's an inspection. It's going to be at least two hours. And I'm like, wow, what a jerk face. Like, (laughs) You don't have to talk to people like that. Like, he's like, just amazed that I don't know this information. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like I have not been in the loop about any of this. I've just been told everything secondhand. So this is like, I don't know how much and how long an inspection takes. So this is news to me. You know, I was just like, don't fuck with me, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, don't be an asshole, you know, like exactly. Don't grief. be an asshole to people. I know. Well, and it was the other real estate agent that like the people were, you know, buying the house with or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, good grief, you know? It was fine. I was just like, whatever. And I was like, okay, so like, I'm not gonna, you know, I didn't say this, but I'm like sitting there going like, I'm not going to shower in a house with two random men that I don't know, you know, (laughs) could I lock the bathroom door? Sure. But like, also, uh, you know? Yeah. And so, and I don't know if they're like testing water pressure or I don't know what the hell they do for it. So I'm just kind of like, okay, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, like, I can go and, you know, get ready at work, I guess, because I'm going to need to, because I can't not shower, you know, Yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay. You know, um, I'm like, I can take the dog out for a little while, but I'm going to have to come back and like, leave him in the backyard and you're going to have to let him in the house before you leave, because I can't like, I can't stay here. I have to work, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, that's fine. We can do that. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. So I get all this stuff together. And then he kind of like calms down a little bit about it. He wasn't so mean. And I was like, okay, you know, and (laughs) so I take the dog, we go out to the field. I'm there for like half hour, 45 minutes. And I'm like, well, considering I have to get ready at work, like I'm going to go back and I have to get all my stuff ready and all that. So I'm like, I take, I come back to the house and I put the dog in the backyard and I'm running around trying to like pack a lunch, do all these different things to like get ready for work and like go and actually get ready at work. Mm -hmm. So I'm like having to take all of my shower stuff and all that, whatever, which I forgot by the way. So I had to stop by the store on the way into work so I can have shampoo and conditioner. (laughs) But so I get, and I'm running around the house, trying to find everything, trying to stay out of people's way. And then Spectre guy was like, not thrilled that I was there. And you could tell he was just like mean mugging me the whole time. And the realtor seemed to be like, okay, whatever, you know? And (laughs) so I go through and (laughs) the realtor's like, um, so I'm pretty sure the cat left you a present. And he's like, he barfed on the floor. And I was like, (laughs) 
I was like, oh, sorry. Like, where is it? I'll pick it up. And he's like, well, it's pretty much where you are stepping, but I already picked it up. So it's all good. And I was like, <laughs> and I like, I felt bad that he had to pick up the cat puke because he was being such a shit to me. <laughs> I was like, that's right. You pick up that cat puke. <laughs> you know? yeah. He's like, I cleaned it up for you. And I was like, embarrassed that he had to pick up cat puke, but also like, yeah. that's whatever, what dude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So karma, you know, yeah, I was going to say that's karma. <laughs> it's pretty instant, which was nice, but yeah. And so I had to like, you know, it was just a whole thing, but it, it, the guy was being an ass, butt, and then yeah. the cat was like, ha screw you <laughs> and puke. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he got his, but <laughs> I love it. Uh, that, I love it. Steve. Man, he he's just he he's got my back. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's like, you disgust me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that means that he did it in front of them too, or they Possible. wouldn't. I don't know. Like he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how. Like because he had said something about he didn't know how long it was there, so I don't think he saw oh. him do it. Okay, but I mean, I feel like I would have seen. That would have been great if he did it in front of him. Just that. <laughs> just that cat. Yeah. <laughs> he always looks at you too when he's puking. Oh, if you're no. like, <laughs> if you're in the room with him, he'll like stare at you as he's just like, <laughs> like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> so I'm just going to like make it canon in my head that he puked at the real estate agent because that makes yeah. me feel better about the whole situation. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandassfootspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is filled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Asfets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Asfet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.